1: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world, tuning in to today's episode of Let's Talk, and we're going to have a quick show on the Netflix series that that sort of was released on Friday. Uh, by the way, Will, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me again. I uh, I always love seeing that uh, that ready play intro. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Me, uh, it was it was kind of in my mind, and I knew what I wanted. To, to happen if you like regarding the intro but i yeah. needed somebody to execute it so i i found an animator and they more or less pulled off what i wanted did yeah. netflix <laughs> pull off what you wanted in terms of this series will
0: i like it so far um i finished episode five earlier today um and yeah i, I don't know what I, I saw on twitter a lot of people are kind of bashing it a little bit saying mm. that it's, you know, as a tennis fan, it's not any good. I don't know what people were expecting. Um, they, they didn't design it for tennis fans. Like, that's not the point of the series in my mind. Um, I think they're making it for non-tennis fans to kind of enter them into the sport, right? So um, to give you some perspective, so I watched the whole F1 series. Um, okay. Actually, probably finished it two or three months ago, and I watched the whole thing in like two months I had no prior knowledge of the F1, um, and now i I watch the races. Like I'm I'm kind of an F1 fan now. Okay. Um, so it was interesting, you know. That I heard that they were creating the tennis one, and there's a lot of um, hype around. I, I think the way that they're able to make the show um, and make it for non tennis fans. So, anyways, I, I like it a lot so far. So. Okay.
1: Yeah, I'm probably not as enthusiastic as you, Will. Um, yeah. I I know that I'm not possibly the target audience like you like yourself. I don't necessarily think they're going for tennis nerds and tennis lovers. They want new people to be attracted to it. But, mm. I, I, for example, the, listen, this is not just me thinking this. I saw an article in The Guardian, which I'll probably bring up on the screen right now. Mm. They've given it three out of five. But they're okay. also wondering if even the neutrals, if you like, the the casual observers to tennis, which, are, like I say, is, um, uh, is kind of, I think, probably more who this is aimed at. Because yeah. you and I want to know, you know, break point for you and I is, OK, what's what's he thinking? What's she going to do to get out of this sticky situation? Sure. What um what, are they thinking? I'm going to go down the tee because I think that's going to work for me. Uh, it worked for me on what I faced a break point before, yeah. you know, when, when Nadal is, is, is okay. Nadal is not a big focus of this series. I know, but sure. if Nadal is leading uh, in a match, but then he starts to, to struggle to, to, maintain that lead, does he think back to matches before? Does he remember 2008 and go, don't worry, Rafa, you've got this because it's happened before. That's what we want to know. Yeah. But we're not really getting much of that. I thought in episode five, there were some interesting moments with um with the Felix and mm-hmm. and Nadal um narrative regarding his uncle we'll we'll, we'll come to episode yeah. number five in a minute. what I will say though will and, and then I'll, I'll I'll let you think about this. I think episode one was really clearly for people that probably knew nothing about tennis they were explan- right. and that's fine that's fine by the way there were explanations yeah. on you know their four grand slams a year men play best of five women play best of three, that even right. a casual observer will probably know. I think they went into a bit more detail from episode two onwards,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that was a bit better. We got some quite good stuff with Maria Sakkari. Tennis fans are also a bit annoyed if their favourite player has been skated over. I saw somebody tweeting today, Holger Rune in the whole series gets like one line because he played Kasper Rude. Um, yeah. anyway, what are your thoughts on some of the things I've just said, Will?
0: Yeah, Um. I, I guess it just comes down to kind of expectations, right? Like having watched the F1 series recently, I knew that they would go over, you know, here's how scoring works in tennis. There's four big tournaments each year. Like all this stuff for a non-tennis uh, fan or somebody who's totally new to the sport. And I think that's a good thing. Like I, you know, I I'm watching it thinking about if I were a, totally new to this sport, would I enjoy the series? And I think it's accomplished that so far. Um, I think that F1, for some reason, I guess because racing is like so much more clear who's winning and who's not, it just lends itself to this sort of series a little bit better. Like I do think the F1 um, documentary is, or docu-series is better. Um, But I think they've done you know, as well as they can do to try to make tennis look cool, which is a very important thing. I feel like, at least in the States, I don't feel like tennis is a cool sport right now, like it might have been back in the 90s. So this might help kind of instigate that a little bit
1: yeah uh, like i say this guardian article doesn't feel as though it's made it too cool i think it's it's well yeah. made let's let's give the documentaries stocky series uh some praise i think they've they're clearly you know they've got all the stuff they really love the pressure element yeah. to it let's say and they yeah. that, that's okay for 15 minutes i thought but i i thought that they probably maybe went a bit too much with the drum beats and the i agree the, with the that. Yeah. sweat dripping and stuff and that kind of yeah. thing breakpoint is the title we get it that these players are under pressure. They're flying around the world, um, yeah. etc. But um, I did think that they probably went a bit too far with that at times. It sort of they were sort of selling a, a, a dead horse, so to speak, in the first episode at least. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, uh, that's pretty much what I've got for, for episode one. Yeah, explaining the, the basics. It's called the Maverick, by the way. The episode one, of course, it focuses a lot on Nick Kyrios. Um, really? How do you think Nick came across? Did there, were there any surprises for you?
0: Not really. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like a lot of people judge Nick for, like, what he does on the court, but then off the court, he, he seems like a good enough guy to me. Um, but I one thing that I did enjoy uh, kind of selfishly from episode one is they focused a lot on doubles. Um, it was... Yeah, of course. Uh, It was surprising, yeah. So, like, I after watching that episode, if I was totally new to tennis and just watched episode one, you would think that doubles is just as big a deal as singles. Because Nick talks about in in the episode at the end, he's like, well, now no one can say I didn't win a Grand Slam. But if you, like, grabbed somebody who's a big tennis fan off the street and said, how many Grand Slams did Nick Nick Kyrgios have? They would definitely say zero right right so like that was interesting how they really put doubles in the spotlight in episode one and then they didn't mention it after that but um yeah i I think it was probably a smart i guess decision to put nick in the first episode since he's such a colorful kind of animated guy um they're they're constantly trying to build tension you know and uh and get people drawn in that way um which they did such a good job of in the f1 series and like I said, I, I think because that's racing, it's a little bit easier to do. Um with tennis, they're having to talk so much more about the pressure and the mindset and all those things to to try to build that tension, which they may have overplayed for sure. I mean, I, I do tend to agree with you there.
1: But I guess with Nick obviously going out fairly early in the singles and uh you know, that probably lent itself to give double some some of the spotlight, if you like. Episode right. two. Did get into a bit more of what maybe we would like some of the strategy. Um, obviously, it focused on two players. This, the, I, I guess, with the, with the first two episodes, though, of course, there were two or three big narratives. The Djokovic saga in Australia does get five or ten minutes, or maybe five minutes. Yeah,
0: but a lot of time, I guess, yeah.
1: yeah, but but neither Nadal or Ash Barty get anything. <laughs> And yeah. um, I guess that's because they didn't have access to those players, if you like, in the same way. And, right. and this brings me to to another point, really, is I don't think Rafa, Novak, uh, Roger, if he had still been playing, Serena as well, we'll see how much they give give to her in, in New York. I, mm-hmm. I don't think these players probably want it, let's say. Let's say. They're fine with Netflix doing yeah. the series, you know, but you know, I'm sure they probably approached Rafa and said, do you, do you mind if we, and he probably would have been like, you know what, you know, the $10 million you offer me for that, the distraction might, yeah. might give me 1% chance less of winning a, a Grand Slam, and therefore I don't, don't want this. Also, yeah. Rafa, does Rafa want to give away anything? He rarely does in a press conference, never mind a, a, a Netflix yeah. series. So, yeah. So I'm not sure what we would get from him anyway. Um,
0: yeah. yeah, that's a good point. I, I think in, um, I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure, though, in the F1 series, uh, Verstappen does not appear in the first season or two. So okay. I think it. I think it took some time for them to like build momentum and build maybe trust with a lot of the drivers. So if it does well, if they have two, three, four seasons, like maybe um, Rafa does end up, you know, coming on uh, and, and trusting him a bit more. But who knows?
1: Indeed. Uh, episode three. Um, oh, so back, just let's stick, stick with episode two a second because there is a couple of Berrettini points uh, I want to point out. There's a lot, of course, on his relationship, of course, which is no longer going with um, Tom Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I saw somebody suggesting that they because they had this sort of jokey argument about her being on the tennis channel. I think at eight fifteen in the morning or something, and and yeah. somebody somebody on Twitter was trying to exaggerate oh there you go there were cracks in the relationship i think somebody suggested <laughs> to me it was a very cordial friendly jokey sort of uh yeah. you know conversation that that any couple would have um yeah also regarding episode two yeah i mean the thing i wanted from from the berrettini bit was was i watched that match against rafa and mm-hmm. it was like Rafa was just going to his backhand all the time, okay? I mean, yeah. I know it's no it's no great shakes. But what I want to know is, what's it like when you're Berrettini? Are you secretly thinking, please don't go to my backhand? Or are you thinking, actually, my backhand can get better as a match can wear on? What are you, what are you thinking about that? Are you, when you're facing serve, are you thinking, this is a big point. I think he's going to go to my backhand now because it's a big point. Or he went to yeah. my backhand the previous two times, so I think this time he might mix it up yeah. a bit or 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 whatever also what are you thinking about when you're playing rafa you know what are the chinks in his armor you feel as though do you how often do you do it because you, you're probably going to do something like two-thirds that's my you're yeah. gonna, if you you don't want to overplay it because the player will just anticipate it all the time mm-hmm. this is the kind of stuff that i might want yeah. to hear and we didn't get that really in that episode either uh, i yeah. did like i did like one thing that berrettini opened up on in that he was kind of sleepwalking through the first two sets. He wasn't nervous enough. He wasn't mm-hmm. pumped enough, which is kind of surprising for a grand slam semi-final. But I get it. I get it. You're doing this day in, day out. You're hitting balls just non stop. Sometimes matches are bigger than others for sure. But sometimes maybe a set can just go past you, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I don't know. You're similar to me. And like I would love to hear more about like the strategy and the, the specific things that they're thinking on like how to get out of a hole or win a match but um yeah I I was kind of wanting that while I was watching but I was also uh you have to kind of put yourself in the perspective of someone who's totally new to tennis because that's really who this is for and like they're not going to know what that means to like have uh you know Rafa keeps going to my backhand like Is he going to do it again? You know, like all the the strategy stuff, um, I don't think that they would uh, find it quite as enticing as as a tennis player or fan like us, um, like you and I would, but. Yeah. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile.
1: From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, somebody here, by the way, talking about Andy Murray's documentary. I think uh, maybe he's got one out there. I didn't know about it, but um, uh, just mm-hmm. suggesting that that uh, Murray probably didn't get quite as much access as, as Netflix did, I guess, Uh, dollar signs may well explain that and maybe netflix has the trust a little bit regarding what they've done before with other ones like like formula one and Mm -hmm. yeah i don't really know much about that Murray complaint to be honest with you
0: yeah yeah i don't know much about that either um i did not know that he has a documentary as well
1: the the um the 2008 wimbledon final they made a documentary out of i think john wertheim's book uh, mm-hmm. Strokes of Genius. I don't know if you, have you mm-hmm. seen that documentary.
0: Uh, it's been a while, but I, I did see it. Yeah.
1: It's, 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 I think it's really good yeah. and probably a bit more tennisy, but you still get, I still think that you can be a non tennis fan and watch it and go, okay, that's interesting. And, yeah. and, and I think you get bits in that where, where Tony Nadal's talking about when Raf has got his first championship point at the end of the fourth set and he's going, I knew he double fault. I knew he double fault. Yeah. And even Rafa says in that documentary, he opens up and he said, um, he says something like, uh, for the first time in my head, I'm bouncing the ball. And I thought, I'm gonna win Wimbledon. And it all fell apart. If you like, at least it fell apart in that tie break. Um, right. and he went on to win the the matches, if you like. But also other moments. He him and Tony talk about their their meeting that they had at two games all in the fifth. Rain comes mm-hmm. down. And they have some really good chats. Rafa says, "I listen. I might not win today, but I'm not going to lose. In other yeah. words, I'm going to keep fighting despite the momentum being with Roger at that stage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, look, this is there's some great quotes here that Twelve Travel Twenty One from that particular documentary, you know, brings up, um, um, which is great. And I just, I just thought, and for sure, the budgets would be very different, but I thought that that did a better job also. At, there's some moving movements in that documentary where they show Federer and Nadal progressing through the draw, if you like, uh, mm-hmm. if you like. And I, I like what they did with that. And actually Netflix didn't do it that that well. They would just show the result, if you like, at times and yeah. on they went. But um, yeah, so that was something that, that struck my mind probably during episode three, which I've got notes for in my phone. Uh, episode three was, was of course, the Indian Wells, Maria Zachary and Taylor Fritz. What did you make of that particular yeah. episode?
0: Yeah, that was, I, I think for me, that was probably my favorite episode of the five. Um, uh, i found, so they did dive a little more into some of the, like, behind the scenes tennis stuff. I felt like, um, it was interesting seeing Taylor, uh, when he hurt his ankle, like talking uh-huh. with his team and kind of going back and forth on that. Yeah. Like they, it seemed like, I didn't realize that, but most of them, it seems like they didn't want him to play. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that was really interesting. They did a good job of kind of creating some tension with that. Um, and then they gave some good background on Sakari, uh, how she's you know made some a bunch of semifinals and never been able to kind of get over the hump and um, that uh, that made for a, a good episode as well. Um,
1: I didn't know that Isla Tomjanovic and Maria Sakari were friends. That's something I learned. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that they were friends, but they they spoke a bit about their friendship, which was nice. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they, they also in this episode, they showed how Sakari and Fritz progressed through the draw. But like I said, uh, Strokes of Genius, I think, did that better. It's just a tiny thing I know. Um, yeah. One thing that did come out from Sakari is, uh, you know, she could see the finish line, I think, in the semifinals. She spoke about that, and that made her more anxious, which... I think we have heard before but it's still interesting to hear and for a non-fan i think that then that that dynamic that fans talk about all the time but to a Mm -hmm. non-fan or casual fan maybe they hadn't oh hadn't thought of it like that you know that that the the, seeing the finish line actually is as a casual fan you might see that you know someone's up two sets to one and they're serving their upper break in the in the fourth and you're thinking oh okay well this is probably done now but they don't realize that it's not complacency that can undo you. Can actually be the pressure.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, there was another scene in that one where Paul Anacone. I would love to ask him about this. He he says to Taylor, "Remember when you told me to to tell you when you don't have a when you're not having a top ten mentality?" Mm-hmm. He goes, "That's not a top ten mentality." And I think I think they had like cut away from what Taylor actually said before yeah. that.
1: Um, Taylor fits on an yes. exercise bike at this point, I remember. And Taylor yeah. says something about how he viewed the previous match had gone, what he thought went right and what, you know. He's,
0: well, he said that I, like, I didn't think I made any bad decisions. I just didn't execute in that game. And when he, as soon as he said that, I was thinking like, oh, that's a really mature mindset. Like he's focusing on process doing the right things and like if you don't execute it that's a separate problem but he made the right decisions and i was thinking that's like a, a champion's mindset and then after that anakin comes in and says that's not a top 10 mentality but i don't know if he was referring to that or if they cut away and he had said something else mm. um yeah, i wanted to i, I wanted I was, more from that scene i was
1: surprised at Anakin's response it was a bit yeah oh, hello um, because yeah. he seemed annoyed at that point, which is, which is, you know, it was an interesting, point. but you might be yeah. right. It might be something else. I mean, there were tiny errors, uh, in the, in the documentary. One, well, one was, one was, they talked about at, in the build up to Indian Wells, they said, hmm. and of course there's the speculation regarding Ash Barty's retirement. I don't remember yeah. any speculation about her retirement. It was a bombshell.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember any either. They, they, she just announced it and it was she just yeah, announced it, it
1: and and i know that that i'm not on the inside of tennis if you like but you know when you talk about speculation you mean people are talking about it so yeah. no one was there wasn't as you phoned me a newspaper article a week before that was talking about it well there won't be one because there wasn't one. Yeah. so i thought yeah. that was a bit there's also some funny translations in the subtitles i don't know how this works elsewhere there's a really funny one with with tony Nadal. I'll, I'll share with you on the screen in, in when we get to the episode five but um you know getting caught and course wrong which is mm-hmm. quite important i guess it's done yeah. autumn automated to be honest with you and probably the automation has just got that slightly wrong but it was it was quite a big one um yeah so also just certain things regarding Nadal's injury in the Indian Wells final didn't get a mention at all, and that was very much part of the narrative regarding that final. I know right. we're focusing on Taylor, I get that. But still, you know, we're focused yeah. on Kaspar in episode five, but we know what's going on with Rafa as well uh, yeah. a bit there. Um, Sviontek barely gets a mention in the five episodes despite her epic mm-hmm. run. Um, yeah, so little yeah. things.
0: It seems like each episode, like, since they're picking one or two players, it seems like they're going into it with the goal of, like, we're going to let you, our goal is to, like, bring you inside this player's, like, mind and, like, make you a, a fan of this player, right? And they're, they're not as worried about the grander kind of tennis narrative. They're just worried about, like, this particular player's story. Um, so I think that's part of the reason they keep leaving a lot of this stuff out, but yeah, I definitely am noticing that as well. Um,
1: one final thing in terms of the, the, the subtitles, and I know this <laughs> might not be the biggest thing in the world, but I've got this English subtitles on. Okay. And I'm, I'm watching in English, but I've got them on mm-hmm. as well, because sometimes I'm watching with, with non-native speakers too. Um, and, and, and actually though, I think the, the non-tennis fan could, cause I'll be like, oh, they meant set there, not, not this, or they meant third set, not, they have said, or they meant court instead of course, or, as I said before. Um, yeah. And that's fine for me. I'm just, I'm just being a bit of a nerd about it going, oh, they got that bit wrong, but you carry on <laughs> watching and it doesn't disrupt you. If you're reading that and you are getting it wrong, mm-hmm. then uh, it can confuse you. And that's, that's who the, the, the series is aimed at many, but I don't quite right. know how to fix that. because I think that's an automated issue. Episode four, uh, we had uh, the clay court swing gets underway yeah. Paola Bedosa is one of the the focuses there and how her season begun, begins to unravel in a way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Anz Jabor as well in Madrid. Um, yeah. yeah, that, that was, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I know Anz's story a little bit, but not super well. Um, so I liked that they, they focused on her and um, yeah, I, I don't, I didn't know a whole lot about Bedosa's uh mental health issues either um okay mm-hmm. so uh yeah I, I don't remember a ton from that episode but uh um,
1: yeah i think you're right there's your thing um was good oh just and uh, we're just flying back to berrettini as well there were some nice bits with his family made me laugh when he's in the ice bath as well and he's he's cursing <laughs> and then and then his grandmother comes on the phone and and uh it's quite funny. Take, uh, by the way, Tiafo, maybe I think he has two lines in the whole series and both of it's them are, um, are funny. But when yeah. he when he goes, and I'm not going to say the word, but he sort of uses the F word when he, when he gets a, a notification, basically saying Djokovic is not playing Australia. And he goes, uh, wow, yeah. what about that? Oh, well, there's yeah. one less to worry about, you know, yeah. and, and obviously yeah. a big competitor who's not yeah. going to be there down under. Um, and he also had another line. I think it was in the fourth or fifth episode that just cracked me up as well.
0: Yeah, that'll be a good one. I, I think they're gonna focus on him during the U.S. Open, I believe. Okay. I mean, they got lucky in a way with with having Taylor Fritz
1: and Sakary uh, for Indian Wells, and they both get to the final. Curios, <laughs> yeah, they know could go either way in terms of how successful his tournament could be down in Australia. But as it turned yeah. out, they could jump on the doubles now, as you mentioned. And then yeah. if they have Tiafo in in New York, they've they've ticked a lot of boxes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think they do. I could be wrong on that. But um, yeah, I, I uh, it, it's cool just like seeing the behind the scenes, like, like getting to know the players a little more. Um, and like, yeah, they, they've got like Bertini eating with his family, Ons at home cooking with her mom. Um, yeah, that stuff's kind of cool. Uh, and yeah, I, I think it lends itself to like, you know, if you're not a tennis fan, you can become a fan of a particular player. Um, which yeah, is what that's a really good point. Yeah, they did a really good job with that in the F1 series of like, you know, creating tension between the players and between or between the drivers. Um, and that's something I guess they haven't done a ton of that here. Like they haven't created any rivalries like they do in F1. Um, so uh, I'll be interested to see if they do that in uh, in the next Several episodes, because I think that could be something that really helps it take off and become even more popular, you know, if they really highlighted Tsitsipas, um rivalry with uh, Kyrios or Medvedev or, you know, yeah. something like that.
1: Yeah. Um I've just put this up on the screen because in episode 5 as I did briefly touch on before they do they do a pretty good job I think in covering the the awkwardness if you like of the situation with Tony <laughs> Nadal being being Felix's coach and then playing Rafa. One thing though that I've always thought they're not going to say this because they're going to leave it up to the audience to decide and I get that. But one thing I've always thought is there's no way that Felix hired Tony's Tony Nadal as a coach without discussing what happens when I play your niece, just, you know, there's because the the chances of them playing, bearing in mind how, how successful they're doing and stuff, you know, they're going to play each other once, twice, three times a year, quite possibly, and quite possibly in bigger matches than they already have done. Mm -hmm. So, I just think it's kind of a, a no-brainer. And then and then it's up to Tony Dada what to do. One thing that surprised me was that he attended the match. I thought he would just not attend. He walked out in the fifth set, which I think was quite interesting too. But mm-hmm. before I get to your thoughts on it, I just want to share what I've got on the screen here because it is a funny moment where uh, in episode five, he says, um, I was Rafa's coach and now I'm his uncle. And it's yeah. like it's like he's evolved from being his coach, and he's yeah. he was hired as his coach, and now he's been hired as his uncle. It's just a funny, yeah. a funny moment in that. Uh, again, it's the the translation down the bottom there. But um, I was his coach, yeah. and now I'm his uncle.
0: Yeah, yeah, I picked up on that too. That was uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. I figured it was just something kind of lost in translation, but um, uh, yeah, that was it. That was an interesting um. Part to that episode, and I I think Felix did mention at some point, or maybe it was his agent. Like, we talked to Tony about this, we knew what we were getting when we hired Tony. Um, so I think it was more something that like the media made a bigger deal of than it really was, as far as like Felix and Rafa were concerned. Um, I think they probably both. Knew as soon as before Tony even joined Felix's team, like, this is what's going to happen if if they play, you know, I'm, I'm sure there was a conversation around that there'd have it to be. A- There was
1: about five seconds where you see Rafa and Tony come across each other in the Mm build-up to that match. I I guess Rafa may have just won a match or just come off the practice court. Anyway, and and Tony quickly comes off his phone because he clearly wants to talk to his niece about something. And I I don't know. um, I think there was something about box, so I don't know what was said there. That's a pity that we didn't have a bit more access to that conversation. Um, Yeah, Uncle Tony being fluent in French, of course... I know that most of the family speak Catalan as well mm. as um, Spanish. I mean, they're from Mallorca. I'm aware of that not being Catalonia, but I believe that in Mallorca there's a lot of Catalan speakers too. So that is a step from, in, in my basic knowledge, it's a step towards French, if you like, from mm. Spanish. Mm. So that may well help. And, of course, uh, uh, Felix being French-Canadian, he's, <laughs> he's fluent in both English and uh. Yeah, nephew. Did I say niece, Sean? Yeah, He yeah,
0: said he you said niece a few times. I, I apologize. Go.
1: Good spot. Good spot. Uh, they're not going to be asking me to do the the subtitles for Netflix. I still, <laughs> ah. Anyway, um, yeah. Any other final things you want to want to touch upon regarding either the series or, or the fifth episode?
0: Um, no. I, I mean, the the big question is like, what is this going to do for tennis? Right. Um, there was a lot of you know when when this was first announced, a lot of people. We're wondering, can it make tennis a lot more popular, similar to um, how F1 is is kind of blown up over the last several years, especially here in the US? Um, And yeah, I I think you saw my Twitter thread a while back. Uh, This was probably two, three, four weeks ago, maybe, um, where, yeah, F1, like I mentioned earlier, I I feel like F1 just kind of lends itself to this sort of show a little bit better than tennis. I've enjoyed the series so far, but I do think, like I said, they need to create some more rivalries in there so that we have someone to root for in like during the the documentary, um, if that makes sense. But uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, We'll see where it goes. I I don't know if they're going to do that for sure, but I'm hoping that they do because I think it'll become more popular, make it better. Um, And I think this will get more people into the sport of tennis as far as playing um as far as watching i'm not sure we'll see uh the tv experience i think for a new fan is is a little bit difficult if you don't understand kind of the nuance of uh the rules and um haven't whether or not you've played before as well so yeah i mean
1: what time we'll is see. it going to finish is a question i get from non tennis fans and it's like yeah. well, sometimes you don't even know what time it's starting never mind finishing <laughs> right. um uh, Caspar by the way, there was a funny moment in the fifth episode with him getting a bit, I've never seen Casper angry. I hear that it does happen, but you could see mm-hmm. he was a bit annoyed about the practice court thing. Yeah, uh, he was. Yeah. Which is quite funny and probably happens a lot. The only difference is if that's Rafa Nadal, I'm sure heaven and earth has moved. Yeah. And if it's Casper yeah, maybe now, maybe then <laughs> less so as it, yeah. because I think he lost the battle of the wills with regarding that practice court debate. Um, yeah and if you're outside one. the top 100 no chance
0: yeah i've uh i've spoken with some players about how the tournaments kind of handle situations like that and like just overall player player experience and i i think the french open is probably the worst of the four um okay from what, from what i've heard uh, they um don't have everything together all the time to put it nicely is is what i've heard so yeah i've obviously never played in it but that seemed like a situation like that
1: cool um any final border comments on this i think you're giving it a tick i'm probably going a bit closer to the cross uh, to honest with you it would be great to have a, a third person on this show who's not not tennis buffs like you and i and just somebody that I, I do think that there is a sweet spot for Netflix, which is around this. I do think it's not for it could be for non fans as well, but I think the sweet spot is somebody that has a vague interest as well. Yeah. And maybe they've heard about Nick Kyrgios being the bad boy, or they know who their Nadals and Djokovic's are, and they kind of know that there's four slams a year, and they mm-hmm. maybe watch Wimbledon because it's if they're from the UK, for example, they have it on their TV all all the time. Sure. But that's that's the limit for them, if you like. They don't know anything about Indian Wells. Uh, Indian Wells. Some, sometimes I did think that they were. I know Indian Wells is a massive deal, and I know that for Taylor Fritz, even more so. Obviously, being fairly local, I'm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I, I wonder if people might get confused and think that this is. You know, if you're Italian, then probably Rome is is bigger for you. For example, you know, if you're Spanish, you may have a bit of a, more of an eye on Madrid and and so on and so forth. Yeah. I'm not sure that because they call it the Fifth Slam um was the commentary yeah uh, and I, I don't know I, uh, atp I, finals i think is probably a probably a more prestigious tournament to win
0: yeah maybe so WTA i'm not finals. sure i think uh indian wells has um more players than a lot of the other masters 1000 so i think True. it's like 96 players right Yeah, um, it is yeah so a lot of the other masters 1000 start at 64 so it's a little bit more difficult to win, I guess, for that reason. Um, although, if you're C- a seed, you, you're starting in the round of uh, 64, anyways. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
1: Will, uh, this has been great. We'll probably do another one at the 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 next batch, which will be out in June, I believe. Okay. Uh, they've probably done the filming for it; they're just sort of putting it all together, I guess, and and we'll yeah. release it maybe mid midway through the French Open or between the French Open and Wimbledon. Uh, they'll find that sort of two weeks, week spot. Uh, I hope, I hope they don't release it during a slam uh, if I'm honest, but um, yeah. Any, any final thoughts on it?
0: No, um, I'm hoping that it does well. I mean, just for the sport, I I really am rooting for it, Um, but uh, we will see uh, how part two is. I'm excited for it. I I do hope it
1: brings new people to sport. Absolutely. Just don't want them to play with the sport too much. Sometimes, you wonder if the newbies coming in and then they they see the Netflix and then they start listening to this and they go, you know what, we're going to, we're going to do, we're not, we're going to do just add out and all this other stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 leave, leave the point (laughs) scoring system alone, please. Uh, You know, adding (laughs) tournaments and stuff. I mean, I think that the tennis calendar is congested enough as it is. Um, I actually think perhaps for, for doubles, if you, could reduce the calendar a bit on the singles side. It's probably not going to happen because of this, but if you Mm -hmm. could reduce the calendar on the single side and what about just having a doubles tournament, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've got lots of ideas on that. We can do another uh, episode on that for sure.
1: We'll, we'll touch on it. I'd love to have uh, you and your sidekick on again, by the way, let everyone know um, what you're doing in tennis and and your, and your stuff, by the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So our uh, website is the tennistribe.com. I've got a podcast where I interview um, pro doubles players and coaches uh, and it's all kind of focused on strategy so if you play doubles um, you can learn a lot uh, as far as strategy goes and how to improve your game um, and then i'm also reviewing tennis gear on the website uh, and we're covering the pro doubles tour so we're, we're trying to help doubles grow make it more popular um, and uh, hopefully this uh, netflix series can focus a little more on doubles and uh help
1: us do that as well yeah i mean maybe they could somehow do something to to elevate doubles during the slams maybe i don't know i i would like to see first of all i'd like to see the calendar thinned out a bit i would be quite happy but whoever's if you're from cincinnati or if you're from montreal or toronto or rome or madrid you're going to be upset by the one that i choose if you like by being dropped yeah I mean I would probably drop Cincinnati that's the one that I have on my on my hit list mm. just cuz I I want to I want to thin the calendar out I'm, I by the way I yeah. may not even be in the majority here with my tennis fans but I would like to thin the calendar out so we don't have um Carlos Alcaraz going you know what I'm not going to play Rome um okay we've um, Alcaraz is 19 by the way I, you get it with Rafa saying I'm not going to play Miami etc but I want to see the best players at every event. I would love to see sort of, you know, you got your four slams. That's great. Uh, I would love to see a week more between maybe the French and and, and Wimbledon. Uh, That would would help. Um, Yeah, I I just want to see the calendar thinned out, really.
0: Yeah, I think they're doing, making some changes to most of the Masters 1000s, and they're going to make them a two-week event uh, a little bit more like Miami and Indian Wells are currently um so i think that should help some
1: okay anyway let's touch base and i'd love to have you both um i've forgotten your your sidekick's name by the way
0: hanlon yeah yeah we're gonna be doing
1: after after australia maybe
0: okay yeah yeah we're gonna be doing a preview um the draws just came out so we're gonna be doing a preview podcast on on our podcast uh that'll be released later this week um but yeah we could do maybe a recap afterwards that'd be a lot of fun Great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So check out, um, uh, Will, I've got the, I've got your website here, the tennistribe.com. I put that in the live chat. Um, Perfect. so make sure you check that out, check out his pod, check out all sorts of stuff, tennis gear as well. I wasn't aware that you were reviewing tennis gear. I'm just having a quick look right now yeah. on your website. So that's great. Um, yeah. give Will a follow as well on Twitter and, uh, look forward to having you both you and Hanlon on after the Australian open where we can, uh, give a bit of a review for the, for the double side as well.
0: Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Uh, thanks again for having me. Cheers, Will.
1: And now what I do is we play each other out with this little video. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't
0: miss out on all things tennis. Sports Social Podcast Network.